Good morning, Crossroads Ministries. It's great to see everybody here. I hope you guys have had uh, one or two cups of coffee and you're ready to go. I, I suffer from like a Goldilocks syndrome when it comes to coffee. If it's like too hot, I burn my tongue. If it's uh, too cold, then I just can't drink it. So hopefully your coffee is just right this morning. As uh, Would you please stand as we uh, join in worship here this morning? Uh, for those of you who are joining us online, I want to thank you for tuning in as well as we worship. Here we go.
Lord this morning for that song of praise.
Good morning, church. You guys can have a seat. It's good to be with you this morning here at Crossroads. I want to welcome all of our guests here in the building. Uh, do us a favor before you leave, please stop by the Welcome Center. We have a gift for you. Uh, we're just so thankful that you're here with us this morning. And we want to welcome all of our online family. Hey, guys, can we welcome our online church family joining us? Welcome our guests joining us online as well. We're glad that you are all here. Please uh, connect with Elena if you're online and our guest, and we'd love to connect with you. But please, all of our guests in the house, please stop by the Welcome Center before you leave. Well, we would love to connect with you. And church, if there's anything we can connect with you about, you know, whether it be I have a prayer request, something I want to just, just I need prayer for. It could be anonymous. It could You could put your name with it. Um, but use those connect cards in front of you. You know, you could put like, Hey, I'm really interested in serving or maybe, you know, I, um, I just have some questions about something that I'm reading in the Bible or I have a neighbor that I'm trying to reach uh, with the gospel. Just all kinds of different things. Please use those connect cards um, or just grab one of us afterwards. Uh, we would love to talk to you and pray with you and connect with you about any of those things. So please use those connect cards. And then when you leave, you can put them in the offering box, uh, either here in the auditorium or in the foyer before you leave. Um, just it would be a privilege to, to pray with you guys and to connect with you. The 21 days of prayer, God has been doing incredible things. And we've been seeing and hearing about stories after story after story. And just this, just in the last day and a half, we've been sharing about, you know, you can share with your story with us. And uh, we've had five people that have submitted stories uh, that are like, God's changed my life. Like, he's, he's helping me dealing with the things that I'm dealing with. I'm seeing things, and we'll share more of those to come. But it's incredible. Like God's doing miracles. Like, thanks be to God. Like, he's doing miracles. Like, we're seeing people, their lives are changed. We're seeing people that are praying. That Our church has been praying during the 21 days of prayer, and we are hearing about people, like families, like not even the ones who are a part of this church that think God's doing work. We should, like, let's clap. Thank God. That's wonderful. Like, that's, that's, that's the stuff that we want to hear. That, not just we want to hear, but, like, that's, the, that's when we say, God, God, give me eyes to see and ears to hear what you're doing at your work. So if you have a story during these 21 days of prayer of anything that God has done in you or around you, uh, you know, just you've seen God at work, we would love to hear about it. And so on our website, right in the front page, there's a little card you can click on. It'll take you to uh, a page, and you can just, just you can leave it anonymous, or you can put your name to it. Um, but just share what God has done in your life or around you during these 21 days of prayer. And uh, we would love to hear and just celebrate with you all that God has done. So you can go on our website, and you can see that right on the front page of our website on how to do that. Um, but these 21 days of prayer have been incredible. Um, so thanks be to God. And just continue to just seek Him every single day and as a church. The power of prayer. Nothing, you know, nothing of eternal value happens outside of prayer. You know what I mean? Like we pray and eternal things happen. Powerful the work of God happens. And so let's keep praying as a church. Um, I want to also share that we have our youth baptism class that's happening at 1215 in the canopy room. And so this is for elementary school kids as well as 5th through 12th grade. And so students, uh, if you are wanting to be baptized, um, you want to take that step of faith and be baptized um, please talk to Pastor Luke or Kim and Chrissy, and uh, that class is at 1215 right downstairs in the canopy room. 
Um, and so that's going to start right after the second service. But, uh, yeah, we, we've, you know, there's like five kids signed up. Isn't that awesome? Like, these are kids that are taking a step of faith, church. Like, this is really, really cool stuff. This is spiritual, eternal stuff that's happening. So I thank God for Kim and Christy and Pastor Luke. They're doing a wonderful job. And so they're leading these kids to the Lord, and they're getting baptized. And so, church, uh, I also want to say thank you for your faithfulness and giving unto the Lord, worshiping him with our finances so thank you for giving you can give online through the mail or uh, using the offering boxes here in the auditorium or the foyer but thank you for for giving and for being faithful and giving would you stand as we continue on to worship this morning lord thank you for just being here with us thank you for uh, just even like just just even right now in the stillness god we know that you're here uh, lord we we thank you for the power of the cross. We thank you for, Lord, just as all of us are trying to, we're all, all of us are just trying to, to do the things that we're doing. We're trying to be good husbands and wives, and we're trying to be good parents, and we're trying to be good, good just friends, and we're trying to be good neighbors, and all those things. We're, we're, we're just trying. And, Lord, we know that you call, you're calling us to rely on your spirit. To stop trying and start relying. And Lord, that's that's a powerful work of you only. We can't just rely by just being better or doing more. Uh, we need a powerful work in your in our lives. And so, Lord, we're praying that as we meet with you this morning, Holy Spirit, would you move in our hearts? Would you just lead us to the truth as we read your word, as we read the Bible here in a moment? God, would your spirit just just illuminate what we should see today and just encourage us and, and inspire us and, and challenge us and, and hold us to the, to the truth. Uh, Lord, we thank you so much for uh, just the power of the cross. We thank you, Lord, for this youth baptism class that we have today. And, Lord, we thank you for these 21 days of prayer. Thank you for meeting us, Lord, meeting with us and for changing us and changing people around us. God, you're performing miracles, and we say thanks be to God. Jesus, you, you are the power, you are the strength, and we cling to you right now. Lord, be with your people as we respond through song and as we open up your word here in a moment. We love you, Christ. In your name, amen.
talking about habits, habits that will change your life. We've been going through a number of them that are just uh, what I would say are foundational to the to growing in Christ and to letting Him change you and letting Him move in your life and letting Him work. And uh, as we do this, it's uh, it's encouraging. As we've showed that video every week, you have paid attention to that video immensely every week. You're like glued into those dominoes falling, right? And it's so true. Every one of those little things that you do every day have a big impact on your life. And so I think quite often we just look at our life and we say, well, this doesn't really matter. It does. And so you do that little action every day. Something good, something positive, it will change your life. And you, you will be a new person because of that. And so I hope that as you've been, uh, as you've been jumping into, the, into these areas of the habits, the spiritual habits that you have been changing, you've been watching God change you. Well, we're going through an acrostic. H was hang out in the presence of Christ. And I want to encourage you to continue to do that. This isn't like, hey, we did that and it's done. You've created a habit, so it's something new, and you're going to do this on a regular basis. You're going to meet and meet with God. We encourage you to have a daily quiet time, have prayer, uh, pray, pray and talk to the Lord, and read His Word. We gave you the 21 days of prayer. It's been so exciting what God is doing. I want to encourage you, please go onto the website and, and give us your, your feedback. Tell us what has God done. Maybe you've seen an answer to prayer. I've heard some incredible things that have happened during this time. I've watched God just do things, and I say, okay, God, you get the total glory for that. It wasn't something that anybody could manufacture. Like, we witness God do stuff. I'm hearing about people at their, uh, some of our kids away at college are watching online. They're gathering friends in their dormitories to hear and watch our service. Now, isn't that exciting what God can do? Let's thank God for what He's doing. Amen? Thank you, Lord. Maybe we'll call that our college campus. I don't know, right? But listen, God is working. And when I hear these things come back, that God is moving. And listen, when, when, when somebody goes out and says, hey, I want my friends to know about this. and they, So if you're watching this morning, guys, I'm on your team. We're excited about it. We're, we're, we're here to encourage you. And so God is just doing these type of things all over the place. I, I, uh, I, I have seen some absolute incredible things happen. Because when you pray and you talk to the Lord... We've talked about this verse extensively. Not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. It's about God. It's about what He's going to do. And God will transform. God will work in your life. God will transform your life when you hang out in His presence and just let Him do the work. Accountability. We talked about having an accountable relationship. We said the A was accountability. And so coming to church, that's one degree of accountability. You're in the habit of meeting together regularly here, all right? So you're, you're here and you're, you're growing in Christ. You're coming. There's a, a connection point that you have here this morning. Uh, you're, so you, you begin to become accountable. You begin to become accountable to those in the church. You begin to get into a smaller group. Maybe you come to a women's Bible study, a men's Bible study. And as you get down to the funnel, you get down to some maybe two or three people or even one person who holds you accountable and who really encourages you and helps you along in the faith. Bible memorization. Last week we talked about Bible memorization. Uh, we have these cards that are available out there for you. You can pick them up. They're on the resource table. They're free. Just take them, and it has verses of Scripture. So here's one on peace and anxiety. You take them, and you go home, and you just, you just start to memorize them, and you just take one a week. I mean, it's pretty simple. You can read one verse every day and, and slowly let that get into, into your heart and to your soul, and, and pretty soon you'll have it committed, and you will be surprised when these verses will come into your life. You've memorized them, and then you'll be 
like peace and anxiety. Man, you need that all the time, don't you? Uh, how about identity in Christ? We need the identity in Christ. Who am I in Jesus Christ? So I want to encourage you to, to grab those uh, on, the, on the way out there if you haven't grabbed them yet. And then today is eyes, the involvement in the church, involved in serving. You know, whenever we begin to serve, this is a step of growth. It's a step of, uh, of faith. And, you know, it, it's, a, it's a habit. It really has become a habit. And so a habit is something that you do. You do it it's because it's important. It's a small thing, and it makes a big impact into your life. And so this is the next step. So you had all these spiritual habits that were about you and God hanging out together. You're hanging out in his presence. You're coming and you're getting, you're receiving. Now when we get to the serving, it's the time when we begin to give back. We begin to uh, not just come. And I want to encourage you, when you meet with the Lord, don't just see what you can get out of the Lord. See what you can give into the Lord. Like, when, you know, if somebody says, well, I didn't get anything out of that passage. Well, did you show up? Did you, did you plan to be there? Did you, did you, like, did you invest in it? So involvement in the church, this is the next step, and it means that, that we end up serving. So these, uh, these habits kind of build upon each other. And I've said it before that uh, you've got to, before you begin to serve, you've got to sit. You've got to hang out in the presence of Christ, and then you can serve. And, and when you start to serve, you don't stop hanging out in the presence of Christ. So they're both equally important. The Scripture talks about, we looked at Mary and Martha a few weeks ago. There was the, the struggle between sitting and serving. And, and Jesus was not upset that she was serving. He was upset that Martha was not sitting at the feet of Jesus first. And so I want to encourage you to do the same, sit at the feet of Jesus. But as you hear serving, you know what, many times you'll hear different opportunities will come up in the church. There's, uh, there's always an opportunity to serve in the church. And let me give you a little secret. There will always be an opportunity to serve in the church. Uh, we have never come to the point where we said, hey, we have enough help. Why is that? Because the, uh, the church is not meant to be some well-oiled machine. It's meant to be a place where the body comes and serves. So everybody in the church is to serve. Like, find a place and, and plug in and serve. And quite often, uh, you'll hear people will give testimony about how that, you know, they signed up to serve. They didn't think that they could make a difference. And then after they signed up, maybe they, they went on a missions trip, and all of a sudden they come back from the missions trip, and their life was changed. Uh, they didn't think they could do anything on a trip. What do I have to offer? And so they go on the trip, and they, they come back, and they're a new person. Or they signed up to serve. They heard that there was a, a cry for help for the nursery. We need somebody to help watch the babies. And so the baby, you know, go down and help watch the babies. And, or what do I have to offer? Uh, you know, uh, and you go in, and then all of a sudden God does a blessing, and he works something big in your life. Uh, how about uh, in, the, in the elementary or the, uh, the high school, the middle school? All these things that you can do to serve. And so there's things all over the place that you'll hear opportunities to serve. And uh, they end up, will impact the servant. One of the greatest blessings is that when you serve, you get the blessing. You see, you look at it and you say, oh, they need help for vacation Bible school again. The people who help get the greatest blessing. They really do. Like, it's exciting and, and rah, rah. But those ones that came in, they served. They get this immense blessing. So when you serve the Lord, when you come in and you do something, this is the outward. So we've talked about these upward disciplines. This is one of the horizontal disciplines now. We have the accountability. That's a horizontal discipline. This is another one of those horizontal disciplines. Serving is not an obligation. Serving is who we are. I've often told people that I don't serve because of need. I serve because that's who I am. I am a servant. 
I am a servant of the Most High God. Would you say that with me? I am a servant of the Most High God. Say that one more time. I am a servant of the Most High God. Every member in the church, everyone who is a follower of Christ, is a minister. Turn to your neighbor and say, hey, Rev. Yeah. Every member is a minister. Everybody has a, 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 something that God wants you to do. And, uh, and, you know, as you find that, you will see that it's powerful because it's in the Scripture. Like, where do I get this from? Well, you're saved to serve. Saved people serve people. Would you say that with me? Saved people serve people. If you have been saved from the punishment of your sins, the next thing we do is we serve people. I'm not, God didn't save us to put us on a shelf and look at us. He made you a masterpiece, and we're going to look at it here. Number one, serving does not get you to God. Serving does not get you into heaven. If I stand before God and say, well, God, you know, you should let me into heaven because I was the pastor of the church, God would say, wrong answer. See ya. Depart from me, I never knew you. Here's, what, here's how we get to heaven. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10 here. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. Do you see it? It's grace through faith. By faith you trust the grace of God, that Jesus died on the cross, paid for your sin, was buried, and that he rose again. And it says, not of yourself. So this isn't something that you can manufacture. God opens your eyes, allows you to have faith in him. He gives us the grace of God, and he says it is a gift of God. Amen? That's the greatest news. That's why we gather every weekend, because we have received the free gift of God. Eternal life comes through Jesus alone. It's not Jesus plus your works, Jesus plus you try harder, Jesus plus anything. No, it is Jesus. And it's your faith in Jesus Christ. Simple, childlike faith. You believe that he is who he said he is, that he is God, that he died on the cross, he paid for your sins, that he rose again, and he says, if you, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord, will be saved from the punishment of your sin. He says, it's not of works, so that no one can boast. When you get to heaven, nobody will be there and say, well, you know, I helped a uh, hundred old ladies across the street in my lifetime. <laughs> nobody will be able to say, you know, I volunteered at the church nursery for 30 years, and in my tenure, God, I changed 4,900 diapers. So you ought to let me in. Lois Vandermeer was one of the great saints around here. I love Lois Vandermeer. Lois Vandermeer, she worked with our senior citizens, and then she also would help in the nursery. She was downstairs, and some of you remember this. She was downstairs in that nursery as a mainstay. There would be all kind of people would rotate and help, but she was there for, it had to be 20 years. She had to change 4,900 diapers easily. I don't even know. Like, I can't even begin to think about it. Lois Vandermeer went to be with the Lord here this year. Lois Vandermeer, when she got to heaven, wasn't able to say, Well, God, you know, I helped the Sweet Sixties Ministries, and I helped all the old people, and I helped the babies. No. She said, because of what Jesus has done on the cross. And God says, Welcome. And so that's it. The free gift is eternal life. However, as we continue on, the very next verse, verse 10 says this, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works. Good works don't get you in the door. But you were created, and now you have a purpose here while you're still on earth. 
You'll get to heaven. You'll go to heaven if you've trusted Christ. He says, however, you're his workmanship. Uh, other translations use the word, we are his masterpiece. Did you ever watch an artist create something? It's beautiful. Like, Remember when we have uh, Cody Sable here, and he, he paints that picture, and he has it upside down, and then all of a sudden he flips it up. You're like, wow, the whole place goes wild. Do you realize? And then he takes his hand, and he puts his hand in the paint, and he goes, boom. That's his masterpiece. And God says that's what you are. You are the masterpiece of God. Like he's working on you. And listen, I'm, I'm a work in progress. He's working on me till I die. But I've got the stamp of God on my life, and so do you. We are the masterpiece of God, and we're not created as a picture to hang on the wall. We're created for good works, to go out and do something. God has something he wants for every believer to do. So therefore, the habit of serving, it's something that I do on a regular basis. I, I keep going. It is something that I am. I choose to serve people daily for He's put us here for good works, which God prepared beforehand in advance that we should walk in them. So God has divine appointments for you to serve and do good things. Now catch this. They're, they're saying, hey, we need some help in the nursery. We need help in the nursery. And you're like, really? I guess I could do that. And you go down there. And God planned in advance for you to be there and to hold somebody's baby so that they could come up and hear the Word of God. Like, like God had this intersection, and like this was God's plan, and here you are, you say, well, I just, I've only been coming to the church for like a year now, and how could they use me? And, and, so you, and then God puts you here, and then all of a sudden you have this intersection of God's plan and your plan And that's what the verse says. He prepared that in advance for you to do. When I took cookies to my neighbor, had some spiritual things happen. God had advanced. It wasn't by chance. Took cookies to the neighbor, and the plan of God and my plan intersected. And here it was the plan of God from eternity past. You're helping in the youth group. You come out and you say, man, teenagers, and I'm afraid of teenagers or whatever. There's nothing to be afraid of. Teenagers are the coolest people in the world, aren't they? Look at the teenagers around here. Look at them. Say, you're cool. Turn to them. Hey, you're cool. You're cool. Yeah? You're the coolest people in the world. I love teenagers. But listen, you come and you help in the youth group. Maybe you go over there on Sunday morning. You go over there. It takes extra time. Serving takes extra time. Like, you can't sit in here and, and serve at the same time. So you're here. And then you're adding on another hour, you're going to go serve. So, so it's like, all right, now I'm making a sacrifice, right? And as you do that, all of a sudden God puts this, this thing together, and it's so cool because it's his plan in advance. God's doing it, and God's working it, and he's going to, he's going to make this thing go in advance. God has saved you to serve. There's a reason, and it's not just, you know, it's not just eternity. He's given you a purpose now. First Tim, sorry, 2 Timothy 1.9. Check out this verse. For God has saved us and called us to live a holy life. He did this not because we deserved it, but because this was his plan from before the beginning of time to show us his grace through Jesus Christ. 
God has a plan. He wants you to go out. He wants you to serve. And so not only does he want you to have this personal relationship with him, serving is like the exercise. You know what I mean? It's like if you have the nutrition and you have exercise, they both go hand in hand. You know, I've always heard that you, you, know, you can't out-exercise a bad diet, right? So, you know, that's, that's what I thought. You could just go to the drive-thru at McDonald's and go exercise. It doesn't work that way, right? So this is what God wants you to do. Hang out with God. There's your nutrition. And now I'm exercising as I go out and I serve. And these are the things God's called us to do. As a matter of fact, 1 Corinthians 6.20. So God brought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. And we talked about that by honoring God, by taking care of our body and setting some goals physically. And I'm working through a lot of those challenges. But let me say another thing about this verse here. God will use your body to, to serve. Like, like as I am coming and I'm serving, my spirit doesn't come without my body. Isn't that cool? I'm glad that I didn't leave this thing at home. Uh, listen, you are here, and God's put your body and your spirit together. So he says, honor God with your body. You honor him by serving. So I come and I say, all right, I'm going to do something. I'm going to help somebody. I serve somebody else. I'm going to give you a good example of this. In Matthew chapter 14, beginning in verse 13, we're going to read here about a miracle that Jesus performs and how he was training his disciples how to serve. Uh, when Jesus heard it, he departed from the place, from, from there by a boat to a deserted place by himself. So what was happening here was John the Baptist had just died. And uh, Jesus was grieved by this. Jesus had lost somebody in the ministry, lost somebody as a friend. And so Jesus goes to a departed place by himself, by boat to a deserted place. So he went across the, over to the other side to where it was much, much uh, quieter. Get away from all these crowds that he'd been healing because he needed to grieve. He needed to get alone with the Father. He needed to pray and spend some time in prayer, hang out in the presence of God. But when the multitudes heard it, they followed him on foot from the cities. And when Jesus went, went out, he saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them, and he healed their sick. When it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, This is a deserted place, and the hour is already late. Send the multitudes away, that they may go into the villages and buy themselves food. Here's what was happening. As you go through this, this miracle is recorded in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. And as you read all the different backgrounds, the, the different, different accounts, you'll see there's different things that come into play here. Uh, Jesus was not just healing, but he was also teaching. And everywhere Jesus went, there was a crowd. Man, if you, could, if you knew that you could get healed, you'd be lining up to see Jesus. If you knew that Jesus was teaching, you'd be lining up to hear him. He spoke with authority, the Scripture says. And people were drawn to that because they didn't hear anybody that was speaking with authority. I mean, these people were drawn to who Jesus is. And so there's crowds everywhere, and he's teaching. And uh, the disciples, he's out there. Remember, there's no Chick-fil-A down the street. There's no, there's no Uber Eats coming out there, right? The disciples didn't have an app for that. They just had a flip phone, right? Uh, listen, they, there's none of this food just right down the street here. They're deserted. There's not even a little shack. There's 5,000 people here. We're going to read this in, as we continue the passage, but they counted the men. That's 5,000 men plus the women plus the children. You're talking 10,000 people. 
So the disciples come up to Jesus. And, I mean, this was the 12. Jesus chose 12 guys to be a disciple. A disciple is a learner. I want you to catch it. When you hear disciple, think learner, but think more of an apprentice learner. And here's what it was. You see, when I say learner in America, you think score well on the test. A, B, C, I could fill in the blanks, right? Well, a disciple was not one who could score well on on filling in the blanks. A disciple was one who saw what his master did, learned from him, and wanted to be like him and obey it and do it. So the disciples are there. This is a deserted place. The hour is already late. They come to him and they say, Jesus, you've got to tell these people to go home and eat. They can figure it out on themselves. Verse 16, Jesus said to them, they don't need to go away. You give them something to eat. Isn't that cool whenever your leader says, you just do it. And so Jesus here is with his team, and he's got his 12 disciples, and they're trying to learn from him. And he says, you go do this. And so I want you to catch this, because when you come to serve, quite often this is where you're at. Man, it's uncomfortable. This is a moment of tension, like, God, I can't do this. And that's what the disciples were doing. They're coming to Jesus and saying, we can't do this. Send them home. And Jesus says, they don't need to go home. You feed them. The disciples were no different than us. They were making up excuses. It's so easy for us to make up excuses. I think some of the excuses that we make up to serve is, well, I'm not needed. What, could, what do I have to offer? Um, I don't have enough time. And God says, no, 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 no. You give them something to eat. Verse 17, they said to him, we have here only five loaves and two fish. We only have five loaves and two fish. You go to the other accounts, you'll see they got it from a little boy. We only have five loaves and two fish. And these weren't like those long bread like you get at the Giant Eagle, right? Those long Italian things. You're thinking like five loaves and two tilapias or salmon, right? This was not no Alaskan wild-caught salmon. These were a couple sardines and a couple little pita breads. And... And, and they like, okay, you want us to feed them. But here's what we got, Jesus. We got this. This is all we got. I ain't got nothing much here. Verse 18, he said, bring them here to me. Bring them here to me. And, folks, I want to encourage you. Bring what's in your hands to Jesus. Bring to Jesus whatever is in your hands. Because you say, well, I, I don't have nothing much. There's, what, I don't even have time. I, I don't, what do I have to offer? God gave you five loaves and two fish. God provided it right there. How can that work? How can this be that I could feed 5,000 people? Jesus, are you sure? I mean, don't you think we ought to send them home? And this is what we do all the time when it comes to serving. We, you know, oh, the pastor's talking about becoming involved in serving, like getting involved in the church and serving people because when we serve people, we serve God. Well, God, how could you use this? I mean, all I can do is pull weeds. I know how to paint. That's all I can do. God, how could you use this? What can you do? And then uh, here's what Jesus did. He says, he says, bring them to me. Bring it to me. And this is the powerful part here. Jesus says, bring it to me. He commanded the multitudes then to sit down on the grass. He took the five loaves and the two fish and looking up into heaven, 
He blessed it and he broke it and he gave the loaves to the disciples. Jesus comes and he takes this measly little offering. Just a few sardines. He takes the bread and he holds it up and he prays before the Father. And as he prays, he blesses it. I can only imagine. We don't have the words. We just have that it was blessed. But can you just imagine Jesus saying, Father, I thank you for this food that you provided. Now, God, do what only you can do, Father. We're trusting you right now. And he breaks the bread. And, folks, I think this is what happens in our life. We come before God and we give him our gifts. Sometimes God has to, he always has to bless it. Because if he's not in it, it's not going to be used for his glory. And then he breaks it. And that's the hardest part for me. Because you signed up to serve, and, and there may be a little bit of breaking that happens in your life. Maybe your pride gets broken. You want to be on a team anywhere, your pride will get broken, won't it? You want to play basketball, your pride will get broken. Your pride's going to... I got hurt at the church. How many times have I heard people, well, I signed up to serve and I got hurt. Could it be that God was breaking you? And you instead got mad at the person. And you said they were breaking. No, maybe God was breaking you. Like he blessed it and he broke it. And this is what has to happen when we come before God. He blesses it and he breaks it. And here's what happens. He gave it to the disciples, it says. And the disciples gave it to the multitude. And this is what is the coolest part about this story for me. Because... Jesus did the miracle. All the disciples did was hand it out. Like, could you imagine if you're one of the disciples that day, and your boss, your master, your rabbi, says, here, start feeding them. And you're like, okay, we're going to run out in the front row. And then people are hangry. I mean, listen, that's, that's so true, isn't it? You, you, you know, this is a tough service because you get a little hangry on me, you know. 9.30, I told them they're never hangry because they're, they're, they're the early birds. They, they don't get hangry. You guys, about right now, you're starting to think about food a little bit. That's, that's why we have, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're all thinking about it. Like, I'm thinking about it. Right? And so, and so here, here, here's what happens, you know. I remember we had the refuel conference. We, we, had, we gave Chick-fil-A. You know why we gave Chick-fil-A? Because we didn't want you to go away. We knew if you go out to lunch, you might not come back. Now, if I keep, if I don't learn how to end sooner, I'm going to have to start giving Chick-fil-A on Sundays. But the good news is they're closed on Sundays, okay? So, so check this out. Jesus breaks it, and the disciples are saying, what are you doing, Jesus? And then he hands it to them. Here, feed the people. And the, the disciples didn't do the miracle. All they got to do was hand out the miracle. And I want you to catch this, because when you sign up to serve, you're not doing the miracles. You come and you hang out in his presence. You ask him to bless it. And he'll bless it. He'll break it. He'll do whatever it takes. And then you hand it out. And as a, in my lifetime of serving, let me tell you, I can look around this auditorium and I can see the answers to prayer all over this church because, man, Ken Barner didn't do nothing. All he did was hand it out. And their lives were changed. 
As a matter of fact, sometimes Ken Barner wasn't even sure what he was doing. All he did was hand it out, and somebody's life was changed. All those teenagers for years. Man, I, I could sit here with stories on top of stories on top of stories about people's lives who've been changed because not me, my team, not my team, but because we said we'll faithfully show up. And there were some days when I was the only one who showed up. And we kept handing it out. And we kept handing it out. And we kept being faithful. And, and you see what God does because it was a habit in our life. I said, I'm not going to give up on a teenager. I'm not going to quit on somebody's life. And we prayed. And, and listen, what God did, all we did was we kept handing it out. And I could tell you story after story after story of people's lives who have been intersected because God had something planned in advance. And we said, okay, God, we'll show up. We'll hand out the bread today that you broke. God works in you, and he works through you. You catch that? God wants to work in you, and he wants to work through you. Hang out in the presence of God, and then when you serve, he's working through you. Look what happened here. So they all ate and were filled, and they took up 12 baskets full of the fragments that remained. Now check this out. There were 12 baskets. You know why there were 12 baskets? There's 12 disciples. And the 12 disciples, he said, every one of my disciples is going to be involved in serving. And he taught them how to serve. And you know what? They got to see the greatest miracle. Everybody else got to have a fish sandwich. They got to experience the miracle. Whoa, man, fish and chips today. Let's go. And they're handing out. And this is what God does. And this is what God wants to do in your life. Verse 21, now, now those who had eaten were about 5,000 men besides the women and the children. Again, in the Ken Barner translation, 10,000 plus people. 10,000 plus people. Faith grows when we serve. Faith grows when we serve. The disciples said, there's no way, Lord, there's just no way. Send them home. And he says, show me what you got. And I want to encourage you. God says, show me what you got. Give it to me. I already know what's in your hands. All I want you to do is give it to me. Give me what's in your hands. And when you do that, faith grows when you serve. There is a direct connection between faith and service. Uh, You've been growing in Christ. You've been reading the Word. And, man, all of a sudden, when you start to serve, God changes your life. There's a dimension of things that happen in your heart and in your soul. You get to experience the miracles. You get to see firsthand what God's doing. Those people that are serving downstairs right now with our kids, they're seeing firsthand some miracles that are happening in your kids' lives. Man, they get to see this. We don't get to see that. That's where God's placed them, and they're getting to see this. From where I stand, I get to see some of the, some of the miracles that God's doing. Man, when I get just this little bit of feedback from the 21 days of prayer, I'm amazed at what God is doing. God is changing people from the inside out. They're taking steps of obedience that are just, wow, God, only you did that. I didn't tell them. You did this. And, man, I just have seen about ten things that have happened. I'm like, okay, God, okay, God, there's people going to gather and watch us that I don't even know are watching us. Okay, God, you do that. There's people calling in from overseas right now. They're saying, we found your videos online. We'd like to know more about Jesus. I will never ask you for a penny, but I'd like to know about Jesus. I said, well, you said the magic word. 
You want to know about Jesus. And so we're having phone calls with him. Listen, God is doing that, and this is what we get to see firsthand. And so if you will sign up to serve somewhere, find a place to serve, whether it's kids' ministries, youth ministries. You know, we've got a bunch of people that come in here and, and, uh, and fix the building up. A bunch of men come up here on every Wednesday, and they fix the building up. You know all those kids I was telling you about? They like to put holes in the wall. They, they, they just destroy the place. It's amazing. We, we, we run a tight ship, but I'll tell you what. They, uh, they do a good job, and we have to repaint constantly. Don't you think the place looks beautiful? This building's 50 years old. Look at how modern and beautiful it looks inside. Let's thank God for our, our family that works hard to do these things. Those guys are getting to see miracles. They're getting to see it. They, they're hanging out together. They're talking about God while they're painting, while they're fixing drywall, while they're doing all the things that God does. Serving increases our faith. When you serve, you'll see your faith increased. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us. When you serve, it's an opportunity for you to be uncomfortable. It's an opportunity for you to say, God, do you really know what you're doing by putting me here? And then when you take that step, all of a sudden, you grow. All of a sudden, miracles happen in your life. All of a sudden, you served. You gave an hour on the weekend or an hour on Wednesday. And all of a sudden, Tuesday, Friday, Saturday morning, God's doing something in your life. That's what God does. Uh, you give unto the Lord. That's the greatest place to give is to the Lord. Little is much when God is in it. Remember that. Little is much. So you say, I just st- st- stutter. Moses stuttered, and he chose him to be the greatest leader of all times. That's what God wants to do in your life. Serving helps us experience what we're made for. If you go to Ephesians 4, you read about all the different giftedness in the church. It draws us into authentic community. Man, Jesus prayed that I pray that they will become one, that my disciples will be one as the Father and I are one. And so that's what happens whenever you serve. Years ago, I, I, uh, I ended up meeting uh, you know, so many people in our church. As a young person, as I began to serve, I, man, I made connection with these older people. Um, Dave Peterson, who's sitting on the computer this morning, went on a missions trip with him 30 years ago down to, down to Trinidad. I've gotten to know Dave for years. There's a, there's a bond that happens there. Del Varega, one of our good men in the church. I was good friends with Del Varega. We went down there in the, to Trinidad, and, uh, and that was where we really bonded. And we were there till he went home to be with the Lord, just had this bond in life. Um, as I look around the church, you look at the people that you've served with. Maybe you've helped in the nursery. Start, you know, at first it's a little uncomfortable. I don't know these people. And all of a sudden you start to get to know them. And God creates this bond that lasts your lifetime. There's people that I served with in youth ministry together. I remember recruiting them. I said, hey, come on and help. And they said, they said there's no way I could do that. I said, oh, yeah, you can. Just come on out and try it. And so... You know, if I buy you a meal, you know it's never a free meal. Just remember that, right? So I bought them a meal, and they ended up serving. And they, I remember that some of them served for 10 years down there. Sandy Walshack is still serving in the youth ministry. That was the best investment of a meal ever, you know? Like $6 Chick-fil-A sandwich, and these people are serving for 20 years. 
Uh, let, let me just say this here, that, that it will change your life. I've asked one of our good guys here today, um, and we'll turn the mic on for him here, Daryl Daryl Nath. Would you welcome Daryl Nath to the stage this morning? God bless you, man. Daryl, would you just tell him briefly like, how long you've been coming to the church, where you're from, that type of thing? Yeah, I've um, been coming to Crossroads here for over three years now. Um, me and my family, so I have a wife and three children, um, seven years old, five and four. So your hands are full. Yeah, yeah. and that's, I think, when God challenges you, challenges you the most is when you don't think you have any more time yeah. to give. And uh, I think back when I was involved, because the next question you're going to say is, yeah, yeah, how well, did you get involved? How did you get involved? Right? Tell okay. us. He's involved serving. I want you to hear how this happened. And so, so tell us how you got involved and tell us like uh, what's happening in your life as you're, as you're involved. And um, we were probably here for um, almost a year before we started to you know, get more involved. And whenever you come to this, like most of you know, uh, there's, they do so well with these events. It's like amazing that they can get hundreds and hundreds of kids out for Easter or um, Halloween or all of the events that they have around, around the year. And it is quite amazing to us, we saw right away. Um, and that just doesn't happen, I don't think. You know, people have to continue to give and continue to come out and volunteer and serve. So I think that's, that's draw, that drew us to, to kind of help out. And um, there was a need that, you know, they had in the children's ministry and kind of were looking for help, and they asked us to help. And uh, we said yes, and it's kind of like what got me on stage here today with Pastor Ken. Yes, yeah. We, he asked if you know if there was someone that wanted to help in um, in the message, and you know they asked me, and I said I said yes. So sometimes that's the hardest thing is just to to say yes. But I would encourage you guys to to say yes um, because I think God's calling us all to serve. Um, but yeah. So so tell are. us how often do you serve down there, and what do you do down there? So in um, in the ministry, we volunteer once a month to, to help with the check-in, me and my wife. And um, I also do a Bible story for the, the kids as well with, with Kim. Um, so check-in involves, you know, making sure that everyone gets, gets in safely and gets to the classroom and prints out their tag and uh, making sure that the teachers get what they need during the, the, the length of the service. Um, and then, the, you know, the, the, the lesson's fairly... You know, written down, you have a little bit of prep preparing to do. Um, That's awesome. And then the VBS that we, uh, that I've been a part of the last two years, uh, did it with Dave and football and Luke here. And, and it's great because it does give back to you. You're 100% right on the message that, you know, you don't, you're trying to give and, and you're giving to these needs, but really it's you that is, is being blessed in the end, um, I think, all the time. So. Amen. I love it. You know, let's thank God for Daryl, man. It's awesome. Yeah. So, so what's one nugget you would say, God has grown my faith? How, how has God grown your faith through serving? Um, I think anytime you, you give of yourself and serve, it might be in your comfort zone. It might not be a lot of times. Like I said, I, I told Pastor Ken whenever he invited me up, I said, this isn't really my thing. I don't really look for opportunities to do this. And... Um, it, it's out of my comfort zone, I'd say. Um, a lot of times when you're in that situation, it challenges you. I think when you have challenges, just like in anything, it, it forces you to grow your faith. 
Um, so it certainly has grown our faith and also makes you a little more confident to do it in the future. So you know, kind of like God's going to come through. Um, you, know, you get up here and you know, it, it, it's uh, you can do it. You can do more than I think that you're, that we're aware of. But it's just being, I think, uh, willing to do it more than you, know, you don't always have to be fully capable sometimes. Um, but it's just stepping out in faith and that, I mean, without that, I think, you know, I think that allows us to grow. Yeah. Amen. Let's thank God for Daryl Neff, man. Appreciate it. You know, he is, uh, he's a great guy. He's growing in his faith and he's growing in serving. And as you do that, God changes you and you'll be the one who will benefit. And so will the people around you. When you serve and God has blessed it, he's broken it. Look at all the blessings of the 5,000. But the disciples were super blessed. And I want to encourage you to make serving a habit because here's what happens. Serving is this. Serving is doing what you can do while trusting that God will do what only he can do. Would you say that with me? Serving is doing what you can do while trusting that God will do what only he can do. So let's, let's, let's make this a habit in our life. We're hanging out with God. We're memorizing His Word. And then, not only am I attending, but, but I'm getting involved and I'm serving. And not only do you serve here, you serve in our world, serve in our community. Like there's, there's people that need you to, to give them a word of encouragement, people that need you to bring Christ, bring Jesus to them. So we serve them by doing these things. And we go out and we, we're just humbly like Jesus with a towel around us. Washing the feet of those around us. And watch what God will do. He'll do the miracle. Let's close in prayer. With our heads bowed and eyes closed this morning, if you've not yet trusted Jesus as your Savior, that's the starting point. Like serving doesn't get you into heaven, Jesus gets you into heaven. And so that's the starting point, to, to begin a relationship with God. And, and He will do this. He'll work this in your life. But you've got to start there. Jesus said, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord will be saved from the punishment of their sin. And so if that's you today, I want to encourage you to, to open your heart and to trust Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And just pray something like this. Dear God, I'm calling upon you right now. Jesus is Lord. I'm a sinner. But he was perfect and he died on the cross for me because he's God. He was buried and he rose again the third day. And God, I invite you into my heart and soul. And for others in this room this morning or joining us online, maybe God is talking to you about something. Maybe, maybe your prayer is this, Lord... Where do I serve? Lord, lead me to where to serve here in the church, in my world. Lead me how to serve others for Jesus Christ. May it become a lifestyle and not just a volunteer. May serving be who I become. Lord, thank you that we are servants of the Most High God. Lord, I pray today that as we continue to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, that you'll help every one of us to find it is what you want us to do and to give you what's in our hands and let you bless it. And we'll give you the honor and the glory as we keep handing out the miracles from you. In your name we pray. Amen.
Would you please stand as we close today?